Hello, my name is TJ and I'm one of the voices behind the Geek Sweat podcast. This is a special message regarding the next episode which has been recorded out of sequence during the coronavirus lockdown in the UK. Now, in response to the government daily briefings and general health and safety requirements for the pandemic, the Geek Sweat podcast team are practicing social distancing for this recording in an attempt to create new segments and continue sessions from our respective homes via a joint video call while we aim to minimize the risk and the spread of the infection from COVID-19. As such, we are working in the absence of our steam sound engineer, Giovanni Bastianello, AKA Neo Geo. And we hope that you can bear with us and any changes in the audio quality from what you may be accustomed to earlier. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Geek Sweat podcast. We We watch watch films to save you hassle. It's another podcast with a filmmaking twist just for you. I am TJ and we will be bringing you hot topics in the film industry, inspiration interviews with IMDb listed filmmakers, review sweat on online series as a stream, trailer talk on upcoming feature films and cult TV perspectives on classic shows worth revisiting. Geek Sweat is available on Apple Podcasts where you can stream over 750,000 shows. Look for the lowercase white eye with two white ring halos inside the purple square and you can have access to over 20 million episodes in their library. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Geek Sweat. And I wanted to introduce you to a new segment. It is called the MKH Cut. Yes, I've got my own segment. Um, doesn't come with a pay raise, um, doesn't come with any money, but I'm going to do it anyway because I just like to lead on stuff. Um, so uh, you may be thinking, what is the MKH cut? So essentially, all of these um, streaming platforms have original films and, and series, but I'm going to focus on the films. Um, so today we will be delving into a Netflix original film. Um, some of you um, that pay close attention would have realized I did a um, Netflix original film previously in, and that was um, in the shape of Extraction, um, starring one of the Hensworth brothers. But today we're going to be focusing on something a bit more, shall we say, Cajun in the form of um, Project Power starring Jamie Foxx. So to help me um, guide you through this um, this film. Today, I'll be joined by the magnanimous, the um, female empowerment, and the all-round fantastic scientist, Jamie. Hello, Jamie. Oh, cheers. Thanks. Hi, guys. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for being here, uh, first of all. And right next to, well, not right next to Jamie on my screen, but um, beside me on my screen, um, we have the person that makes this all possible, uh, the number one guy, the producer, uh, TJ. Hello, TJ. Howdy, doody. After the scientist introduction for Jamie, I thought I was going to get called the, um, the the lab test experiment guy. <laughs> now, you, you, you make this all happen. You bring it all together. Uh, yeah, because I couldn't do this. But anyway, um, how the are navigator. you, TJ? Um, what was that? The navigator. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because many other words begin with N in my life, but I think that's one of the better ones. Jesus but the, um, <laughs> the, I, I think this is a strange time. Um, I think we're in unprecedented times, and I think this is the time for the MKH cut to kind of shore us through the waters of uncertainty and get us to the other side of 2020. Absolutely. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to try and steer this ship as. Um good as possible um trying to uh, avoid all of the um icebergs in the way but i cannot uh, promise anything uh so today we are talking a netflix original feature film it's called project power did you both get a opportunity to watch this film in question i did yep i saw this film based on a trailer and i tried to watch my netflix just organically so this was kind of downloaded to me so i, I um i drank the kool-aid in this one. oh so you're saying the algorithm like basically brought you there it was hard to watch this film without already seeing it as a youtube trailer and a netflix trailer really i that's that's fascinating i didn't actually 
see like I, i've been quite good in the sense that i don't actually see any trailers for netflix properties anymore mm. um I, I i obviously get the suggestions but i don't see any of the and i don't i don't wait around at the end of any programs i'm watching on netflix for the credits to roll and then you get the free boxes at the at the mm. bottom suggesting all that so i don't do any of that i i found it organically i think coronavirus has taught us that maybe people don't ever need to go to the cinema anymore to watch a film. Mm. Um, do either of you, given the quality of this film, if you had the opportunity and we weren't in the end of days, do you think you would have seen a film of this quality? I'm talking about production, visual quality, sound. But do you think you would have went to, say, an IMAX viewing of this film or, or would you have waited for it to be on your, your, your smaller screens? If you was to say this film was available before Robert Downey Jr.'s Iron Man, I would have gone all in and say, yeah, I'll go for it. Because I remember there was another film like this. I think it was called Push with Chris Evans. It was like a one-off feature film about people with superpowers, guys running out, uh, gangsters running around suitcases from other countries, selling products. So it was kind of, it was kind of like being a superhero was kind of a dirty underground thing. Now we've seen so many permutations of it. I'm not sure what the difference is here, except for it's got a bit more hip-hop culture attached to this superhero channel. But, um, yeah, in this day and age, I think Netflix is teaching me the cinema is inside my laptop. So there's something warm and cosy knowing who my stars are. It's like a Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Jamie Foxx sandwich kind of tells me the feeling that that film's going to be pretty good. I'm making, I'm going to make that assumption. And I I can imagine um, it's a little less embarrassing when you you cut out the hole in the bottom of your popcorn, isn't it? Being in (laughs) in the comfort of your own house. (laughs) Jamie, would you you go and watch this film in, in the cinema? You, you know what? I mean, like, I'm I'm not hugely fussy with where I watch my films. Some films are like, I have to watch this in, in the cinema. You know, it needs to be on a bigger screen. This is one of those films where I could go with either. I, you know, I could watch it on my laptop. I could watch it on the big screen. It makes no real difference. It's, it's, it's not one that screens watch me in the cinema. You, you will get the best, you know, you know, best experience in the cinema. It doesn't say that to me, no. Because the reason I, I posed that question is because when I looked at this film, it reminded me of the later series of um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., that type of quality. And I can't imagine watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. in in the cinema. Like, that is made for television. Do you know another show? I would say the latter end of Heroes that kind of American TV series that ended up on BBC, which has made a comeback. I think Netflix films, they have this sort of feel to them. They're kind of like, they don't have the billions, you know, the millions of, of, of dollars that, you know, big blockbuster movies get. Well, this um, is 85 but, million. This had a budget of 85 million. Really? Yeah. yeah. I, I'm shocked wow. as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm absolutely... I'm, <laughs> but you can see where they spent the money, though. What on on the on the wages of the stars? Definitely in the CGI. There's a lot of original music there as well, but I'm not sure if it all went into the music. I think what you got is like CGI and star talent because I don't remember a lot of shots where Jamie Foxx and Joseph Gordon-Levitt were in the same scene. Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Jamie Foxx's character don't cross over that often. So I can imagine it would have been like recording two separate feature films, having one big star on one side of, um, what was the city again? Was it? New Orleans. Um, Orleans. New Orleans. Yeah. yeah, so it would have been interesting. But yeah, go on about the CGI. Now, I was going to say that the CGI didn't impress me that much. I've seen better CGI. But that's what I mean, though. It's not one of those big blockbuster movies where the CGI is the bee's knees. I'd have to disagree. There were some sequences because um, the, the kind of the best rapper turned actor turned just social media star machine Dan Kelly is in the film. 
And he needed a sequence where I think he had to turn into like a human fireball and yeah. running yeah. through walls. And I, I can imagine the time it would have taken to coordinate that sequence and the stunts of running through a, a block building on fire. And I think there may have been some parkour elements to it. That could have cost a, a bit of money because that seemed like a really big set piece. Um, my only disappointment at that machine gun Kelly scene <laughs> is that he couldn't die twice. Like, I hate, like, when I saw him in the beginning of this film, I almost switched it off instantly. I was thinking, yeah. why, when I'm trying to enjoy something, does this guy always, like, just raise his ugly head? It's, it's a disgrace. Actually, but in terms of social media stars just hopping into the film for the sake of their likes and followers, were you more offended by the presence of machine gun Kelly? Or were you more offended by the presence of Casey Neistat? Uh, so I, I, I don't mind Casey, um, what, what's his name? Casey Neistat. I mean, he's yeah, a filmmaker Neistat. anyway. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, because he's a filmmaker. Machine Gun Kelly barely raps. So why, why is he in? Like, what, what dirt does he have on the producers of Netflix that they keep putting him in so many of their properties? Like, I just don't get And so we got Machine Gun Kelly. Obviously, we've got Jamie Foxx. We've got um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. And, oh, there was someone else in there that I recognised. Would you give out a shout-out to the, um, is it Amy Lang- Landecker? Not Amy Landecker. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Landecker. Is it Dominic Fishback is a, is a kind of new actor on the scene. But she was playing a, a rapper who's actually... Re- reading the track of somebody else like a really famous hip-hop star dominic uh dominique um fishback is the street uh smart power dealer so she's the she was machine guns kelly's um cousin for some reason in this film yeah. I, I just didn't get that were they cousins she called them cuz but i don't think they were blood cousins i think they're probably cousins yeah. by marriage or by or street relation it's or... the code of the streets well, oh, yeah. it's, it's a film with superpowers. They might be actual blood cousins. We don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, we've got um, Leonidas from the um, 300 franchise who played um, Biggie, one of the um, pa- power creators. Um, he, he was the one who turned really big and ugly really quickly in that underground um, meeting where they had that girl freeze to death. Like, that was really a weird scene as well. Didn't really get that. Um so what did we think of the casting overall? I, you know what, I, I, I thought they cast quite well. I mean, like Dominic, um, Dominique Fishback, um, I've never seen her before, but I, I think she really carried a lot of the film. She really kind of pulled, um, pulled a lot of it together, I think. Um, Jason Gordon-Levitt, um, I, he, is it just me or he, did he flesh out for this this role? I don't know if he fleshed out before and for a previous role, but he's definitely not the skinny, lanky little, you know, scrawny thing in, anymore. Um, yeah, I, he bulked I, up for whatever that means for him. But did did, yeah. did you notice he tried to put on a southern accent? Or was that just me? And then he just dropped it towards the end. Yeah, it, it sounded like there was a change in accent. It was almost like he picked it up and dropped it and picked it up. But I, I, I almost felt that Jamie Foxx did the same thing. There, there wasn't a consistency there for me. But, I mean, I'm, I'm not um, slaying them off for that. But, um, yeah, I, I, I would have liked to have seen more character development for um, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character. Um, Jamie Foxx, I think he did really well. I mean, he's got a lot of star power anyway. Um, but I think overall, this is one of those films where it's kind of like, actually, you know what? This would have been a really good pilot for a series. That's what it felt like. Cause I felt like the backstories needed to be fleshed out a bit more, but that's just my feeling. Um, especially with the daughter as well. Like the daughter came in, you know, kind of in little flash flashbacks and then at the very end you know we kind of get a little bit more but for me I I almost wanted to see more with her in it as well a little bit more of her story what was what, what they were actually doing to her overall the casting I think was fine um I don't know who I'd replace I don't know who could do a better job 
I didn't feel that there was a, a problem with the casting. I felt the age group was interesting because there was no room for any old timers there. So I think maybe that helped things move on a lot more quickly and create more opportunity for stunts. Um, the accent issue, I, I think Joseph Gordon-Levitt likes to challenge himself when he does different roles and tries to do something a lot different. But And I think at some point it did feel like he was wearing a New Orleans football quarterback shirt to kind of remind him of his character. But I felt the, like Jamie had mentioned already, you've got um, a guy who's on the hunt for somebody who stole his daughter and you've got a cop who's dabbling with um, drug addiction almost in order to combat his enemy. And I felt that is something that probably needed stages of progression and it could have been explored individually as their own series. So, yeah, there seemed to be an element of a pilot series turned into a feature film. I got some news here. Like uh, Joseph uh, Gordon Levitt, he actually injured himself on yeah. set doing uh, riding one of the bicycles. I don't know why I say it's because he, he rode a, a motorcycle, I thought. So he's riding one of the bicycles, he got injured. So that's that might have been the point. He said, I'm not even doing an accident anymore. I hate yeah. being here. So I'm just, <laughs> just going to drop yeah. it and just film this and get the hell out of there. Um, yeah. So I, I don't know. Like for me, um, like, yeah, like you said, that. I don't know who I would have replaced the set for Machine Gun Kelly. They could have deleted his character because I just hate him. But everyone else, I I think they um, they tried their best. Um, And yeah, there wasn't any old timers in it. What I found really interesting is that um, so Courtney B. Vance, he played the captain. And Mm. I think it was funny that he set up Jamie Foxx's character and nothing came of it. Like they just said, okay, <laughs> never mind. Like he yeah. set him up to be captured and killed mm. and there was no repercussions. So that's why you never saw him again. That's what I'm saying. It, it was just a really weird, like just uh, plot hole. Well, but, well um, he wasn't the bad guy, so to speak. It was like he, he was saying, you're un- unleashed. You're, you're, a, you're a rogue detective who can go do the stuff off the books that we can't do but if something goes wrong it's on you i think he was purposely sending him at the wrong person because he knew that jamie fox wasn't the bad guy he knew he wasn't the creative power i thought i thought that was just a weird plot hole but what i was going to say so uh without the big stars do you think this script even would have went into production because i tell you what this is the second script by the screenwriter so mattson tomlin he he this is like i'm just looking at his credits now this is his first film his other two films coming out in 2021 batman isn't he yeah the batman Batman and little fish do you know what i got the feeling from this first trailer that this felt like the film where somebody had listened to kanye west's power and i thought you know what that would look really good with a superhero uh, trailer and they did everything to make the film but they couldn't get the rights to the music that's how it felt to me like Kanye West's it, it feels a lot of it was shoehorned and the only thing that was missing was like Kanye West's track so so do you think if Jamie Foxx wasn't in this do you think they would have even bothered if his name wasn't attached to the nah. project would they I don't think it's made because I, I just I think Jamie Foxx is has got a lot of music connections and he's also famous for saying that he discovered Kanye West, uh, funny enough, and a few other people, and he can sing himself. And I feel that this kind of music hip-hop connection with Chica doing the soundtrack might have something to do with Jamie Foxx doing a project and putting somebody on for the music industry at the same time. So I feel some of the ingredients that have made this happen fall apart if Jamie Foxx steps out. Well, I mean, like if Jamie Foxx was involved, you know, in the background doing, you know, something else, then yeah, no, I, I, I think that um, you could have cast someone else in his role, and it still would have worked. A non-star. A non-star. And you've got Gordon, um, Gordon Levitt in there as well. I, you know what? I, I think this would have been a really good breakthrough movie for an, an someone who's 
a new actor. Yeah. I, I think it would have been a nice little breakthrough or a nice little kind of like step up for someone. Um, I don't think it needed to be Jamie Foxx to be in this one because it's a Netflix film. It's not a blockbuster, is it? Um, and it, and it has that it has a Netflix film feel. For example, I really enjoyed the film The Old Guard, um, starring um, what's her name? Jalise Theron. Yeah, I think if there was, I think the script is strong enough that if you just had good actors but no megastars, that is still a good film. Yeah, and yeah. I, I, I feel do the you same. think that would still be the case for this film? I, is the star power of uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Jamie Foxx enough to blind us to the fact that this film is not that well written or filmed? Or there's um I don't know there's a, there's an interesting backstory to this because it seems like this film um, was announced by Netflix in 2017, probably in the trade papers, and Mats and Tomlinson Tomlins, the guy who wrote it, had only done a spec script for Power. And it ended up in a bidding war with several other studios. And Netflix made a big deal of announcing that they were the ones who got it. And it seems like they, there was an original director pairing of Ariel Schumann and Henry Juiced who was going to direct the film. And um, it wasn't until September 2018, which is almost a year after Netflix announced it, that Jamie Foxx, Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Dominic Fishback were attached. So it looks like uh, the, the reputation of the film has been moving further forward in the development of the script. And I'm guessing perhaps the script couldn't be changed because it, ha- it was what was attracting certain figures. So maybe that might be one of the reasons why it's, it seems undercooked as a story. You know? Yeah, I, I, I feel like um, the writer saw Limitless and he says, I just want to write Limit. Yeah. <laughs> that was his idea um, not to give too much away uh, about the film but uh, do, do you feel that this is within the genre of superhero film is this mm. an original look at that genre I'd say superpower over superhero mainly because yeah. you know this this is probably one of the um, one of the ones where it goes okay if you had a superpower would you use it for good or bad yeah. Um, and I think this is more of, it's not about heroes. It's not, it's not your X-Men in, in, in that respect. It's, it is very much, um, if you look at the, the people who are taking the drug to mutate to get the powers, it's, it, it's not necessarily your rich people. It's your rich people giving it to the lesser people, if you know what I mean. Mm. So that they can turn them into their little minions. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and it's also, you know, people wanting to take their own power back by taking the drug. But to be honest, this whole, this whole film has a lot of undertones about power, you know? Yeah. I think that's a very interesting point because you've got the allegory of drug dealing and drug peddling but it's kind of uh, a Trojan horse for um, like inner city relations, immigrants, uh, people who are working class, um, probably race relations to some extent, and a little bit of the, uh, the police system. Yeah, I mean, even um, Dominic Fishback's character, um, Robin, you know, mm. um, Jamie Foxx's character, Art, kind of asks you, you know, what's your power? Yeah. No, she doesn't need drugs, you know, yeah. and it's kind of like, you know, so what's your power? I rap. You know yeah. what I mean? So it, it has, a you know, different takes on different types of power. So you've got the power drug, which gives you a superpower, yeah. or it just blows you up. Um, and then you've got your p- own personal strength power, your yeah. own personal talent power. I think you're right, and even I think with uh, the the Frank Shaver character played by Joseph Gordon-Levitt, I think his power comes from being like a local citizen or being a police officer who was actually from that area, as opposed to somebody who's come from outside. Because there's a kind of a subplot going on that um, there's government officials who are coming from out of town, like 
changing the way police and methods are happening in the city. And you've got like the, was it a South American um, politician who was trying to get her hands on power so that yeah. she can overthrow the government or whatever or something? I, I can't remember what her 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 thing was, but, you know, it's all mm. about a balance of power as well, isn't it? So, yeah. yeah. Bit of trivia here, which is quite funny. Dominique uh, Fishback was 29 years old when she, when she, when she, uh, starred in this film and she's yeah i know that's crazy i know she she plays a teenager and she's 29 even i was gobsmacked when Mm. i saw that it was like wow mine blown so yeah so some of the underlying messages were around um so hurricane katrina um uh, after that um event in america inspired um a lot of uh children to start drug dealing to try and get money because they'd lost everything from from mm. the hurricane obviously um the, the government um and obviously all the jobs were gone and the government wasn't giving them much help so that's why they they kind of focus on the the drug dealing tree children in this film so project power is a metaphor for the aftermath of hurricane katrina or just pop trying to get out of poverty in general yeah and um I, I quite enjoyed um, the way um, they got powers from actual, like other species on the on the planet, like the um, the Wolverine frog, and that um, the pistol shrimp, which yeah. like which is amazing. I, I I like that twist. Yeah, I think that was a good reveal as well because yeah. I think that element of oh, it's just another pill that connects with your DNA in a certain specific way. That's really special. I think we've heard that all before, but the fact that it's like, yeah, all of these powers were based on animals, it kind of made it more, a little bit more believable, but a little bit more of a excusable way to go forward with the plot. Yeah, yeah. but here's, here's the interesting thing, though. So in the film, one of the rules that they've, they've, they've created and they've dictated is that, okay, so this, all of these mutant changes are based on the animal kingdom or things mm-hmm. that naturally have... But where in which animal kingdom do you turn into a human torch? Do you, what what animal puts, turns themselves to ice, or um, you know puts themselves in, on fire? What mm. what animal um, you know grows to five times its you know its size and and develops muscle mass in an instant? I think that's you a bullfrog. I think there's some type of frog that does that. But, but yeah. that, that's blowing them up. That, that, that's them taking air in. That's not them building mu- muscle mass and becoming big. That's just, mm. it's, it's like the, the puffer fish. They just blow themselves up. But that's air. That's just water. Yeah. That's not muscle mass. That's an interesting uh, Achilles heel to the plot. But I, mm. I think they did try to put some salve on that by saying these powers only last for five minutes. So whatever this fantastic thing that you can do, it's not a permanent thing. It's almost like they made it more of like an allergic reaction to the mm. pill rather than this is something, this is a DNA involvement, involvement, so to speak. So I like the idea that the power had a limitation, like the guy who's invisible, who, was, who tried to rob a bank, had his comeuppance in the street. And uh, the idea that um, you had to use the power and then quickly get out of where you were or else you'd be in like bigger trouble than you started and what's interesting also is that you can od on it it's kind of like so interestingly you can take one pill after the other so you finish your five minutes you take another one you finish five minutes you take another one that seems to be okay but if you take like a whole bunch in one hit then all of a sudden you know that that's that's you you being blown to smithereens it's it's Mm. an unusual concept because you would have thought that it would have just accelerated or extended the process mm. rather than cause you to explode. Yeah. I think it's an interesting way of making the characters a bit more disposable and just mm. heightening the level of risk and what's at stake. Yeah, they definitely um, established a lot of rules in that universe um, from, what, from what I saw anyway, um, apart from what animal just bursts into flames, <laughs> which I thought was quite funny. Um, yeah. Well, it's true, so, isn't it? And, and what animal freezes themselves? So- oh, well, actually, I know fish can freeze and survive being frozen. Yeah. 
but I don't know an animal that can suddenly freeze themselves. That that girl's powers were never really like delved into. Um, but I'm sure they would have had a nice explanation. Did she make it though, the one that froze? Because didn't she? No, she died. She, died. she, dies, yeah. <laughs> she couldn't yeah. let go. So looking at the critical response, this got um, 60% on Rotten Tomatoes based on uh, 164 reviews. Is that, do you think that's a fair number? Um, like if you were going to give this out of 100%, what would you, what would you give this film? Do you know what the problem is with this film? It's the time that it came out and it's what's happened in the last 24 months. I think if Avengers, the whole Avengers series doesn't happen, I think the expectation of what a good uh, feature Super film of, about superpowers is a lot lower. And I think yeah. with the amount of science fiction films that are coming out, People tend to kind of analyse um, more of the facts like what we're doing now than before. So I think this idea that you can just throw a film out there based on a quick premise of you pop a pill and then you get superpower, it's a good logline, but it doesn't... It, 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 I think it lets, leaves people asking too many questions. And I think it, it feels like... I mean, when it was like the TV series Heroes that came out, and the idea that some heroes were experimented on and some heroes were just born naturally and they're all around a different world. And I think it was like um, an eclipse kicked it all off. People just went with it and thought, yeah, that's great. Now you have to have like specific threads and reasons why somebody becomes a superhero. So I feel it's not as good as it could be. And that's what will bring my, that's why it deserves a six out of ten. I think there's too much evidence of what makes a good superhero film out there for it to be like it is now. Yeah, for for me, like I, I I'm probably about a six and a half, seven. The thing is, I enjoyed the film for what it was because I wasn't my expectation wasn't blockbuster, and I think also because I didn't have high expectations, I wasn't as harsh as I could have been. So mm. I'm still about a 6.57 myself. So I, I think Rotten Tomatoes is probably on on par with how I feel about it. MKH, are you disappointed with it as a Netflix film? Like as a Netflix original? Forget the superhero thing. Where does it meet your standards as a Netflix original? I think my issue with, with this film, uh, I would have given it a bit less than 60%. Uh, the reason being is that this film will easily get lost in the genre of superpowers or superhumans or whatever you want to call it. There's nothing original about it. And plus, like I said, like they already had Limitless, which had the pills, and now you've got Limit. And I think for you to shine in the super genre, the, the powered person genre. You, you either have to be um, the boys on 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 Amazon or, or Deadpool. It's a shame it didn't come out this when it was originally written in 2017, because I think it would have done a lot better and it would have, uh, yeah, you wouldn't have had the two Avengers films. But... I was I was say the thing I think I've noticed crossing over with superhero films is we've gone from an enemy's out of power to the government's out of power to the power itself is uncontrollable and and now it's uh, sorry the enemy's out of, out, out of control the government's out of control then the, the power is out of control and i think we saw that in limitless and now with the boys it's the person with the power is out of control mm. and I, I, it feels like it's it this has skipped that hurdle or it's it's missed that lap so to speak. Absolutely. And um, I thought that was also shown with, because um, didn't the Watchmen like kind of mm. explore what happens when the people of the power abuse it? Because I haven't actually watched yeah. Watchmen. There's uh, a Watchmen, so I, the series or the film? The film. Because the, the, the film, I think what Alan Moore is trying to talk about there is obviously what would superheroes look like in real life? But also the, the fact that there's a finite line or 
there's a finite timeline you can survive as a superhero because if you're a vigilante going out dressed in a cape fighting crime, eventually yeah. you're going to get killed and everyone around you is going to get killed. And I think he explored that premise more than anyone else that superheroes have to come to an end. Whereas most franchises don't want that because superheroes make money. So it kind of flies in the face of that. And I think sometimes you've got to ask some of the darker questions to get into the new areas that are interesting to people about the superhero genre, you know? Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Jamie, have you seen a lot of Netflix original films that, or not? Mm, just a couple. Not many. And any any spring to mind that you think is better than this instalment? To be honest, I haven't had Netflix for um, more than a year and a half, two years. So mm. okay, um, yeah, can't really say. Do we think that this is just a quick question? Do we feel that um, Netflix has missed a missed an opportunity to? create an interconnected um, world within all their original films or do we mm. prefer it like this? Uh, oh, what well, do you think there should have been a crossover of worlds? Netflix well, I think films? if it's all Netflix originals and they own all the properties of yeah. these films, why are they not interconnected? Uh, that would be a bit of a mind-blowing thing. But I think if they were to go down a Quentin Tarantino route of characters not necessarily stories crossing over characters being aware of other characters whether it's that they understand them to be a fictional version or a real version that would be interesting and i think it would be possible but i feel there's so many properties by so many different people that they probably wouldn't complicate it but i feel that after the tv series sense eight which i think was on Amazon got cancelled after two seasons. I felt Project Power could have filled a hole that Sense Eight had vacated. Uh, Jamie, do you think they missed a trick by not having them all connected, or don't you care? Um, I don't think they missed a trick. I mean, like it certainly can be done, but then it's kind of like they've they're probably grabbing, you know, script writers from all walks of life. You know, who is just starting up, those who are established. Um, so I think at the moment they're just putting their fingers in lots of different pies um, and they're probably just trying to figure out the ones that work best and what they'll probably end up doing is going, what they'll probably do is go back to the ones that did well. Yes, so basically we should just see Netflix as a production house like Paramount or, I think that, yeah, I, yeah, I think they are. I think they okay. are very much a, a production powerhouse. Um, okay. But, you know, there's nothing stopping them from creating their own universe. Mm. Yeah. Maybe that'll no. come later. Definitely. Oh, sorry, there's one thing I wanted to say, though. Because this film was out in 2000, it was commissioned in 2017, I think Jamie Foxx came aboard in 2018. I think there was an inevitable conveyor belt that this film was going to get made. So we might be looking at a backlog of Netflix films as opposed to this film was specifically made for 2020. I think they've had this in the background for a while. No, absolutely. Is it worth a, a rewatch? Because if, it, if it's not, then it's kind of a waste for Netflix because I think their ownership, I mean, their membership is going down. See, see for me, like this, and I've said this this earlier in, in, in the episode, it, it feels like one of those films which looks like it, it, it could have been a really good pilot for a series. And that, that's mainly because I feel like there's so many stones left unturned. I've got a few more questions. I want to see a bit more character development. Um, I would have liked to have seen this, you know, span out over, you know, three or four episodes or you know or even you know a, a whole season you know what i mean mm. it yeah. feels like that kind of movie it's almost like they've, they've stopped short of turning it into a series yeah but that that answers my sequel question so you'd like a sequel but in terms of watching this film again because i found it a struggle to be honest yeah. to, like to, really to, 
to finish what? it. I don't think I could watch it again. Yeah. Because this film, this films I could watch over and over again. I don't name think one. this is one of them. Name, name one. Uh, Tomboy. Okay. <laughs> uh, I think the, the, the problem, as a Netflix user, I think the problem I have with this film now, having watched it, is this is going to bend the curve of my watching algorithm. So I'm worried that the suggestions of films I'm going to get next are going to be on a lower tier and a lower level of quality than what I was trying to watch before. So I feel Project Power is going to be attaching me to some like NAF films that I wasn't really interested in. But would you watch it again? No. And if I, could delete, if I could delete it that I had watched it from my server, I would. Not because I don't like Jane Fox or Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I just don't particularly like them that they've done this film because I don't think it was that good. It feels like if, if Jason Statham was in it, I would probably enjoy it a bit more. Then, really? Yeah, because Jason Statham's got a habit of making bad films that should never go into production, but he somehow makes them work. And they're good examples of this, like Crank, Transporter, and The Mechanic. They're, they're films that make no sense to anyone, but in the Jason Statham world, they, they tend to get over the line. But I, mm. I asked you earlier whether you would like if you, whether you were happy with the cast, and now you're saying that you want to scrap everyone in it. Let's put Jason <laughs> Statham; he can play every single role. No, Jason Statham could have been in it, or he could have done with a Jason Statham enemy. I don't know. But what I what I'm trying to say is good cast, bad script, and I think the maybe it could have been rewritten. But I think the story. Yeah, maybe they, they could go for a TV series, but I just feel that, that it's, it's on the side of mediocre. And I think having watched Project Power, it's gonna, Netflix are going to think I want to watch other NAF films like that as well. I, I definitely feel that um, even though um, Dominique um, Fishback did a great performance, I still feel that, um, I still feel that Jamie Foxx must have like, like ruptured the disc by carrying a lot of this film. Like I think his his star power did do a lot of the carry. Like honestly, I don't think I would have made it through one viewing without a big star like Jamie Foxx in it. And I'm yeah. definitely not going to watch it again. The only reason I, I watched it again was to obviously do this review. Yeah. Um, but I, I think I don't know what connections the screenwriter has, but I think he's being propelled, like. Out of nowhere, I, I don't know what does his dad own Sony or something? How is he getting <laughs> these types of uh, scripts being sold to these production houses? Like, I, I just can't believe that he's. I, I'm, I'm going to be quite skeptical now of the Batman because yeah. even though we've all we've all salivated over the original, well, the first viewing of some parts that I think they've only done like twenty five percent of the filming, but they released that trailer. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit concerned about what that script's going to turn out like because, like you just said, the script here in Project Power is not that powerful, ironically. And if that's how he treats superheroes or superpowered people, what is his role in the in the Batman? Because I'm seeing him as the, he's writer, the writer, Little Fish. He's the new writer. Like, let me just check. Um, sure he's co-writing he's... Batman with Matt Reeves and Peter Craig. Yeah, so okay. he's just co-writer. Okay, but I think he's... Matt Reeves might be the um, the star turn. Yeah. Well, here's the problem: he's he's uncredited. Yeah, oh, but he I... he's still he's still one of the writers. Do you know what I think you've got here? Is um, you might have somebody who's written a spec script. And somebody else, like a more senior person or more experienced person, has come on board and they've rewritten that script. But because it was based on somebody else's premise, i.e., um, this Matt Timson, he has to get a credit. But it's probably Matt Reeves who's doing the rewrite. So I can I can breathe a sigh of relief that he yeah. <laughs> they're not they're not doing his film verbatim. Okay, yeah. no, that that works. Uh, so. Jamie, do you want to see a sequel? Because you earlier said this felt like a pilot, which is fair enough. But since you see it like a pilot, would you like to see subsequent episodes? 
I don't know. And the reason I say I don't know is because, as you said, this one's not that well written. There's, for me, there's, for a movie, I, I like my movies to stand alone. I, I you know, you, you watch it once and I very rarely watch them a second time. Wait, you, you know? never watch films a second time? Very rarely. Jesus. Okay, that's that's a fascinating fact about you. Um, but go on. <laughs> I've mentioned that before. It's very seriously. I never like that's that's a weird. Are you like OCD it's, about that or something? No, no. I it's just and and I, I think it's just there are very few films that I kind of want to watch again. Like when you've got so many films coming out, there's only so much time you have, you know, to go back and watch something else when something new has come out. You know, I just, I've, I've never really, like, gone back to watch another film unless I'm researching it. Wow, that's, that's, that's mind blown. Okay, um, so no sequel? No, no. I mean, like I said, I mean, this would have been very good, I think, as a series. But it, 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 it wasn't the full service, let's put it that way. If it was but a full you... service, then I would have enjoyed it and I would have wanted to have seen a sequel. But it, because it's not quite there, doing a sequel isn't going to, you know, another sequel that's not quite there isn't going to fix this, right? Two yes. halves don't make a whole. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. <laughs> Necessarily. Um, Trevor, do you want to see a sequel? Not a Project Power. I, I wouldn't mind seeing that gang together. Uh, of actors doing a different project, right? <laughs> except for except for except for Machine Gun Kelly and Casey Lisa, I didn't think they were necessary. They could do the social media PR for their next film, but I don't think they should be in the film. You guys are the worst. I like how <laughs> I pose a question and you make up your own question in your head. <laughs> he just asked me. Whether I would like to see these same group <laughs> of actors in another film. No, no, <laughs> I, I, I can't. I can't see myself wanting to watch. I don't want to watch Project Power again. I don't think I would recommend it. And I don't think I want to see a sequel. I don't think you can do a sequel. I think that they had two choices, make a feature film or make a series. And they shot their load now. On, on that imagery, um, <laughs> Jamie, would you recommend seeing this? Would I recommend it? You know what? It, it's one of those, it's a pop, for me, it feels like a popcorn film. You know, you can just mindlessly watch it to fill up time. But I mean, like, I wouldn't that recommend like background it. noise. You, the way you're describing this film is like you could just use it as background noise while you're doing your taxes oh, right. or something. Um, or getting ready to go out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or, you know, just play something for the kids. It's not a film that makes you think. So it's an, it's, it, it doesn't use brain power. You know what I mean? Ironically, I mean, it's, yep. it, it's still entertainment, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. So, I don't know. I didn't. I, but I wouldn't recommend it. It's not like I'm going to rave about it and recommend it in that respect. No. So you two won't recommend it. I won't recommend it. Um, since we won't recommend it, now we need to speak about who do you, who do we think the audience for this film is? <laughs> who is this film for? Because it's not for any of on us. Drugs. <laughs> do you think? Teenagers taking drugs. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Do you know what? I think this would be a. I think this would be a stunning film because of the the colours and the flashes that go across the screen <laughs> and the slow motion sequences. This is definitely a stunning film. Um, it would probably be like a. Do you know with Mel and I drinking game? I wouldn't be surprised if there was like a Project Power drinking game where, or something like it, where every time somebody pops a pill. You have to down a round of shots or whiskeys or something. So I can see that happening. But um, I don't know. I, I think the audience might be, you might have a lot of like young people, I feel, who are like in that kind of 13 to 18 category who they probably haven't decided who their favorite superhero is. They may not have decided who their favourite actor is and they just see this as a bit of a, a fun bit of to waste time and a Netflix and chill crowd as well so anyone perhaps looking to get laid and they're not interested in watching a second half of the movie <laughs> I just play it that in the works background for them. that works for them 
<clears throat> they, don't, they don't even have uh, cool names, you know. It's like Biggie. What kind of name is Biggie? He gets big. All, all, all of the names in this are really ridiculous. Like just, just so. Newt. So Newt, you've got Major. Really? You're just going to be called Major. Major. But they're not no, cool names art. though, are they? Art. Well, that's his, uh, his, his real life name. Yeah, I think Casey Neistat played Moto, which is actually the name of a mobile phone brand. If you think about it, so I'm not sure if there's any product placement stuff going on. Did the screenwriter just get bored? <laughs> I don't care. I don't care about their names. They would just put anything. <laughs> just looking around his office and just pointing at stuff. Moto. You know yes. what? When it comes to writing, I think sometimes you want to create character names that don't sound like everybody else. Just to create a, a sense of differentiation and that you're moving on to a different character. But I Someone's do... called Knife Bones in this film. <laughs> no, there was no. that Wolverine guy at the end. Yeah. Yeah, on the boat. He didn't he yeah. whip something out of his arm and he tried to attack Danny Fox I don't think that's did. actually his name. That's just what he was. <laughs> a guy with knife bones. Because <laughs> when they don't have any dialogue, you don't actually have to give them an actual proper name, do you? <laughs> That's so funny. Um, okay, that was that was wonderful. I would have loved to have seen that. Only thing I would have loved to have seen, I would have loved to have seen what it would have made back in a cinema against a budget of eighty-five million. I don't think it would have broke even in cinema, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Netflix love to waste money. Tax writer. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I think someone that Netflix has a massive cocaine habit. Um, <laughs> With, with that with that being said that brings us to the end of this first episode of um the mkh cut um i don't i'm not sure what i'm going to review next but um stay tuned and we can find that together but um with that being said we've we've just looked at project power and let's just say it was a bit weak for all of us and um if you have spare time if you're getting dressed up to go out which you may or may not be doing it right now during lockdown. <laughs> you can practice going out. Yeah, you practice going out. If if you need some background um mute well background um sounds that won't distract you from doing your taxes, this is the perfect film for you. Um and that's 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 all we can say about it really. Um thank you for um staying this long. Um I want to thank uh, once again TJ, thank you. Thanks. Oh, okay, you could have did that a bit more. <laughs> um, and <laughs> thank you, thank you, Jamie, for bringing <laughs> some wisdom. Ah, oh, excellent. You're and, welcome. Uh, thank- ciao, everyone. Ciao, everyone. Uh, thank you for listening or watching or both. Um, yeah, we'll see you in the next one. Uh, bye bye.